great singing tonight. Appreciate it. all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So the question tonight was, were Adam and Eve saved? And what are some scripture verses that can kind of back this up? And that's a really good question. Because we really don't know, and the Bible is actually pretty vague on the subject. But before we kick into this, we might as well get into a quick summary of what happened here. We know the serpent tempted Eve, and she took a bite of the forbidden fruit, and she then gave some to her husband. And Adam, he also ate, and God came looking for them, and he asked Adam what happened. And Adam, looking around, said, looking around, he points, it's that woman you gave me. And at this point, Eve's probably kind of a little shocked, maybe, and she looks around, and she's like, it was a serpent. He gave it to me. And then the serpent starts looking around, and he didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> but the truth is, the Bible is pretty vague on this, and, but we can come to a reasonable conclusion by looking at some deductive reasoning and... That'll give us a likely answer, but ultimately we got to remember that this is all really still just conjecture. My personal belief is that Adam and Eve are saved and that we will meet them in heaven someday when we get there. And how do we know this? There's a few things we can look at as we go through to kind of get information and kind of come to a conclusion. And one of the big things that we can look at is atonement. Genesis 3-7 says that Adam and Eve used leaves to cover themselves. And this action can be looked at as man's attempt to cover his own sin. But then when God found out, well, God already knew, but when God addressed the situation, he clothed them with skins. And this was a, covers a couple of things. This was a show of grace on God's part. It was also symbolic of the coming sacrifice of being covered by the blood of Christ. So Jesus died for each and every one of us, every person in the world, but in order to receive that salvation, we have to accept the gift. So thinking back, Adam and Eve really 
could have probably rejected the animal skins if they wanted to and went back to wearing their leaves. But they didn't. They received God's gift of grace. And we'll talk more about this in a few minutes. But I want to move on and let me ask somebody in here if they will turn to Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and read that. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Thank you. See, God was speaking to Satan here when he said this, and he basically told Satan what he was going to do. He told him what was going to happen. Now this is kind of a a bad thought, but I think back to to, an old baseball story of Babe Ruth, and, and there was a game where he pointed out in the left field and called his shot. And that's exactly what God was doing here. He was telling Satan exactly what was going to happen, and Satan was powerless to do anything about it. But this is an instance, the first instance in Scripture, of the gospel being shared. This was the first mention of a Savior already in Uh, Genesis 3.15. And by every indication, Adam and Eve believed God's promise. We're told that after Adam and Eve were evicted from Eden, that they had sons. And now if I could have someone turn to Genesis 4, 3 through 5 and read that. Oh, Erwin. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very lost and his countenance fell. Thank you. See, Cain and Abel. At somewhere along the line, they were taught the proper way to make an offering to God. They didn't pick this up on their own. And God says that He, the Lord, or the Bible says that the Lord had respect unto Abel. So now we're going to jump back to Genesis 3:21 for a second, and we look at what that proper sacrifice was. After Adam and Eve sinned, God had made coats of skins and clothed them. Again, this was not only a show of God's grace, but many believe that this is where the sacrificial system was first established. Remember in Hebrews 9.22, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for our, our sins. So the thought of even, to even make a sacrifice, let alone a sacrifice that was pleasing to God, had to be taught to Cain and Abel by their parents, either directly that their parents sat down with them and said, this is what you do, this is what God wants, 
or indirectly where Cain and Abel watched their parents and saw what they did and saw that the sacrifices that were made to God. So they were taught and the uh, proper sacrifice was passed down to the children by the parents. But the second thing we have to look at after atonement is the faith that Adam and Eve exhibited after uh, what we call the fall. And Hebrews 11.1 tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we talked a little bit about faith I did a couple minutes ago. But in Genesis 3.20, we see Adam naming his wife. Well, renaming his wife. He had named, called her woman, but now he's naming his wife Eve, the mother of all life, showing that he trusted God for the promise of the... He trusted God's promise that there was going to be a coming Savior. And then we see in verse 4-1 that Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. So in Genesis, here we see Eve's faith. She's giving God the glory, she's giving God the credit for the birth of her first son. And then we jump down a little further, in Genesis 4.25, we're told, we can, see the, we can see the faith in Eve's reaction to her uh, third son. We're told that Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For, and she said, God hath appointed me another seed. So she's careful to give the glory and the credit to God for the, for the blessings that he's given her in in the three sons that she's had. So Adam and Eve were already expecting that the promised one, the Savior, could come at any time. They, much like us, they, they didn't have a timetable. God didn't give them a timetable, but they trusted God's word that a Savior was coming. And that's the key. They trusted God's word. Think, think back, to, uh, it says of Abraham that he trusted God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And the same can be said here. They received um, their salvation on credit. In other words, the people living prior to Jesus coming to earth and his earthly ministry and, and the death, burial, and resurrection they trusted that it was going to happen. They trusted that God was going to send a Savior. And they based their, their trust on that. So their salvation was on credit. They believed that there was going to be a Messiah and that he would um, offer a finished work that would offer them redemption. They believed that he would do as he was promised in the same way that we believe today that he did do as he was promised, as he promised. 
we have the benefit of hindsight. We can look back in Scripture and we can see the Bible and all of the things that are recorded that Jesus did. But, and now, just let me point out too, we can relate to the people of the Old Testament because just as they were looking forward to the first coming, we're now trusting God and believing God and looking forward to the second coming. And as we know, that could be at any time. But in addition to the atonement and the faith, we have to look at the legacy that Adam and Eve left. By the time Seth was born, they'd already seen a lot of terrible things. I mean, they had their that first sin. As a result of the first sin, they were rejected, or they were evicted from their home. They'd gotten used to living in the garden. Now they were going to have to go outside the garden. We God prescribed the, the consequences of the sin. And we can see some of that taking place right away. They start reaping what they sow from or reaping the consequences of that sin. First of all, we think about um, God said, told Adam, you will surely die. And in the, in the physical sense, they didn't just drop dead when they sinned, but in a lot of ways, they did die. They died spiritually. In dying spiritually, you've got to keep in mind that in the Bible, death is also separation. And they experienced the greatest separation ever when they were separated from God. So they, And they lost that, that connection. They lost that connection of going, God coming to the garden, walking with them, and talking with them. They died emotionally. They now had fear they had to deal with. They had anger. They had a lot of sadness thing that they had to experience that they never had to experience before. They died relationally. If you think about it, the blame game started right off the bat. It was the woman. No, it was the serpent. And they began to die physically. And this is when the, the aging process probably began. Think about that, that backache you have. But prior to this, they knew no pain. They knew none of this. But think about the headaches, the backaches, the illness. All of that started right here. The beginning of the death of the, the physical body as well. And many theologians believe that the skins came from an animal, most likely they're guessing a sheep. And think about the emotion that would be involved in this. How many in here have a, a pet? We all have pets and we all, all love our pets. They're part of our family. Well, with Adam and Eve, these animals they knew these animals. They all were wandering around in the garden. They could wanted to pet a lion. They could go pet a lion. They wanted to hold a 
eagle, they could go hold an eagle. They wanted to, perhaps they got too close to the snake. I don't know. But the emotion involved here was this animal that we believe was sacrificed to make the clothes for Adam and Eve. That had to pierce them in the heart too because they probably had played with this animal before, possibly cuddled with this animal. And this animal now lost its life because of what they did. That had to take a toll on them. And they, at this point, they realized this was all because of what they did. And that was actually their first experience, that was most likely their first experience with a, a physical death because death came into the world and sin came into the world. So they had no experience with death up until this point. And then you take into consideration that one of their sons just killed a fourth of the world's population. And I kind of I joke with that because there were more than four people in the world at that point. But all this stuff's going on around them. Their world's falling apart. Everything's going wrong. They're not getting along with each other now. They lost their intimate connection with God, and they lost their intimate connection with each other. And they were longing for that Savior already. They were wanting that Savior to come as much as we crave for Jesus to come back and get us today. But then we look at the other thing that Adam and Eve left for us, and a legacy. Adam and Eve had Seth. And Seth means appointed or substituted or put into place. But then as we went down the descendants of Adam to Enosh, to Kenan, to Mahalel, to Jared, to Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and finally Moses, we see that they set up a legacy. They set up a way for their offspring to continue to follow God, to start following God. Adam lived 930 years. Anybody want to go for that record? No. Well, that means he lived, he lived well into the life of Lamech, who was just before um, ninth generation down. That was Noah's father. And so Adam had a chance to influence nine generations of his offspring. Think about what that means. He directly interacted with all of these grandchildren, great-grandchildren, so forth, all the way down the line. Each of these men descended from Adam through the line of Seth, and were pleasing to God. And you don't get this, you don't get this kind of family legacy if 
Adam and Eve didn't start by passing things down. Questions? You don't get this kind of legacy and this kind of following for Jesus and for the Word of God if Adam and Eve weren't instrumental in passing this down and making sure they knew how important this was to their kids to get these sacrifices right, to pass down that knowledge of God. We've got that same responsibility today with our kids, with our grandkids, and I'm fortunate enough to have great-grandkids with them. And so on. So Adam and Eve passed down a, a great legacy when they were able to share their direct interaction with God. They also had to share what they did to mess everything up. And then they had to share how to continue and what God wanted for them to continue to, to live please God. Testament then uh, for the people of the Old Testament their faith was made reality at the death of Jesus 1 Peter 3.19 says that Jesus went and preached to the spirits in prison and Adam and Eve would fall into to this category, they would have been in um, Abraham's prison and at the point when uh, Jesus had descended to preach to the spirits, he would have preached to them, and, and they would have then been free to move on to, to heaven where Jesus had prepared a place for them. One thing I really found fascinating, though, going back to the, the legacy that Adam and had um, left for the family, though, which eventually would include us, is that the first ten generations, if you translate the, the Hebrew names, they present the gospel in Scripture, too. Adam is man, substituted, or put, Seth. Enosh is mortal. Kenan, nest or dwelling. Mehalalel, praiseworthy to God, and and Jared means descent or come down, and Enoch to initiate or teach, Methuselah at the extent of time, a shooting forth, Lamech's meaning was lost, a quiet peace and rest. So putting that together. Man substituted or put mortal nest or dwelling. Praiseworthy God descends or comes down to initiate or teach at the extent of the 
time of uh, shooting for quiet, peace, and rest. Any other questions? Um, I'm a little confused about what you were saying. You said Adam and Eve were in Abraham's bosom, and Jesus went and preached to them during that time. The spirits in the prison, and in the prison, came to them. Yeah. Um, the faithful, if you go back to the story, or the, the account that was shared in the, the account of the rich man and Lazarus, we're told that Lazarus went with Abraham to, uh, or went to Abraham's bosom to be with him, which is where the faithful saints had gone to await the, um, Jesus coming and, and paying the price for their sin. And so faith, any, you can include any of the, the faithful in that category, whether it would be Isaiah, Noah, any Old Testament saint would be included in that. And 1 Peter 3.19 says that Jesus went and pre preached to the spirits in, in the prison. And I think that falls into that category as they were showed a lot of areas of, of faith when they um, when they did the things that they did after the after the fall and after the consequences. other theories that I read and whenever you do research on scripture you kind of get all kinds of stuff when you start looking online and do stuff and 
So I, I thought I would share a few of these. I don't really subscribe to any of these theories, but if you were to decide to Google this and look it up, you would see these. And, uh, go ahead and tell you what they are and why they uh, why they are there, what they're trying to say. And some of some people believe that. Um, neither Adam or Eve are saved. And they say this because there's no, nothing specifically recorded in Scripture that says that there was a time of repentance in their life. But you can say that for a lot of other people too that in Scripture that there was no time of repentance and um, because it's silent on one end, and it's also silent on the other end. So that's one of the other theories that's out there that neither of them are saved. And then some of some people will believe that Eve was saved, but not Adam. And they base a lot of their their theory on Genesis 4:25. Because they say that when Eve made the statement that and said that God, as she said, hath appointed me and never seed, she they feel that she showed faith there, but Adam never did. But again, it's just uh, one of the theories that's out there. That's the they're staking their whole theory. And then there are those that are saying that neither of them are in heaven or hell, that they're in neither heaven or hell. And that, that one's the one I thought was really weird, that they base their theory on Genesis 3.19, where he says that in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So there's a, a theory out there, which again, I do not subscribe to that theory. I, I miss the, the point that God was speaking of the physical body when he said that you're dust, and to dust you will return. I don't think they considered that we're a, a three-part being, that we're a physical body, we're a, a spirit. So those are three of the other theories that are in place. Anybody have any questions about those or questions about anything? That I didn't hear that. Okay. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. There's just something that execution story. And uh, I think that's the whole thing. 
well. Another one I thought was kind of interesting, though, was Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53. I kind of wondered if Adam and Eve could have been a part of this, too, at some point. But it says, tombs were opened, and the many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. Thoughts I had when I was doing my research. Thought I'd show Christ, 
I'm just not sure in my own mind if they knew that was Thank you again for, for the things that you tell us in Scripture, and thank you for the things that you can for us to kind of discuss and, and to talk about amongst ourselves. Lord, we ask again and pray that you are glorified through the things that took place tonight, and we want to put everyone up here and ask that you put a hedge of protection around each and every one of us and keep us safe until our next appointed meeting. And as always, we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name.